Um, so yeah, Jordan had asked us if we could share on generosity, and my initial thought was like, I just thought of all of these other people who I have seen be generous, and like, who are we, you know, to share? And um, but as I just kind of reflected on some journeys that we have walked through, some specific situations and experiences, um, God really has taught us a lot about His heart of generosity, um, and so. Ryan and I were sort of talking through some things and a story that first came to mind about um, kind of like what set us on this a course as a family of living generously um, was when we were newlyweds and we had a very simple, humble apartment at Christ for the Nations, um, but we were in love, we were starting our new lives together and it was home, you know, it was special to us. And I, we got pregnant very early on, um, our first year of marriage, which everyone says, don't do that. But I was pregnant with Amos and we were happy. Um, and so, you know, as, as a first time mom, I'm thinking through like, okay, how are we going to decorate his room and what are we going to do to make it special? And, um, Ryan's dad, um, was going through, uh, a horrible experience of cancer and um, it was getting bad pretty quickly, just progressing. And um, it had gotten to where his mom was still working full time, but also trying to take care of him. And it was a full time job. You know, she had to help him in the bathroom and just with everything. And uh, Ryan went on this men's retreat and just very clearly heard from the Lord that I'm calling you to move in with your dad and your mom and to help and support them and declare healing over him. And so he comes back from this men's retreat, and he's sure of what he's heard, and he shares it with me. And I'm like, I mean, full of compassion, you know, that his dad is going through this and his mom, and it's horrible. But what? Like, no, we have, we're having a baby, our first baby. I want my baby to have his own room in our place. No, we can't do that, was my initial reaction. Um, but then he said, well, would you at least take some time to pray about it? And so I did. And the Lord just overcame my heart and was like, no, this is what I've called your husband to do this and you're a family and this is what I'm, I want you to do. And so, um, so we made that decision and, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of stuff like as it was, we had very minimal pieces of furniture. Um, but we did have you know, some nice pots and pans and things. And there was a family we knew of, they were also newlyweds and they didn't have much. And so we just were compelled to give them, you know, we were moving in with his parents. And so we knew we wouldn't have a lot of space. We knew that we would become missionaries at some point. And so we thought, you know, let's just, let's just give our things to people that we know are in need. And so we were able to give some of our things to this family, uh, this, this, these newlyweds. And they were like, wow, these are so nice. And um, and then my brother had just gotten married and they were pretty poor and didn't have much. And so we gave them some of our things that we had gotten as gifts. And um, so from that moment on, we just realized like everything that we have has, is a gift. It's, it's all from the Lord. Like it's all a blessing. And when we saw the joy that it brought to other people's lives, like it just stirred in us, stirred in us this passion to continue that lifestyle of, okay, Jesus, like everything we have, you've given us, and we want to stay open and willing to, to give, you know, at any point when you may call us to do so.
So that was kind of the beginning for us as a family, being generous. Yeah, and as Randy's sharing, I like I can't help but draw on some of the things that you all have shared. Um, that took a lot of relational generosity for Randy and Benedict shared on relational generosity. Um, Susanna, you shared on emotional generosity and um, that took a lot of emotional generosity. And Max, um, you did a great job sharing about um, generosity from a hospitality standpoint. And even though we were going into my mom's space, it still required a lot of hospitality um, from Randy and us, or from Randy and I. Um, because in a way we were invading her space, but we were also opening up a lot of our space um, to her. And so I can't help but notice how all those things kind of intertwine. Um, I told Randy earlier this week, um, earlier last week, that it's so funny that we're sharing, we're doing this series on generosity. And I really don't think we've talked a whole lot about money yet and giving money. And I think that's just a testimony to where this um, community is at. If this was another church down the road sharing a service on generosity, sharing a, a series on generosity, they probably would have right out of the gate gone with giving and tithing and things like that. And those things are important, but, but that's not the measure of whether or not your life, uh, you're living a generous life. Um, so I want to read Acts 3. Actually, would anyone, if you have your phone, would you like to punch up Acts 3 and read 1 through 11 for us? If not, I can, I can read it. Acts 3, 1 through 11. Anybody? I'll read it. What was the what was the verse again? Acts three what? <clears throat> You're muted. Acts three one through eleven. Okay. <laughs> All right. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Thank you, Andrea. Um, I can remember 
one of the first, the first mission trip I ever went on was to Papua New Guinea um, on the other side of the world. If you don't know where Papua New Guinea is, just think of a map of Australia and then Asia, and it's kind of right there in the middle. And um, one thing that right out of the right out of the gate of the airport, I noticed was that all the men carried purses. I came to find out that these were called bilums, and um, some of them were, you know, just rice sacks that had been sort of woven together. But some of them were really really intricate, intricate, intricately designed, um, woven things. And, um, and the last day that we were there, uh, this blind man actually gave me, uh, a really beautiful one and I still have it. It's at my mom's house in storage, but, um, that was pretty much the only thing he had and he gave it to me and it was really hard for me to take it, but it was, it was a nice bag, so I did. Um, I'm just kidding. That's not why I took <laughs> it. But um, so, so, and, and it was funny because I, no, I also noticed that um, they didn't have much in the bag, but they, they might have like some papers, maybe identification, uh, maybe some money, and then some of them would have like a tool inside. So just like various things. And, um, so, um, and, and then I noticed that in other places that I've gone, especially in what we would probably arrogantly call the more primitive cultures of the world, often the men um, carry some kind of purse. And I can imagine Peter um, at this time, at that time in his culture and in that, in that, um, and in that time, he would have been carrying some kind of purse, some kind of money bag, some kind of something, and um, and when he uh, and when he sees this guy, he gets his attention, and and the guy would have immediately looked to Peter's bag, like what what does he have? And Peter may have even you know opened up the bag, like hey, I don't have anything in here. In the message, it says I don't have a nickel to my name. But what I do have, I give you. And so I want to talk about this idea for a minute of learning to recognize what's in your bag. Um, there was uh, an American poet um, named Christopher Bridges. Some of you know him as Ludacris. And he said, what in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? So I want you to imagine that you're carrying a bag and and this bag has things in it yes it has money in it but it also has some of the gifts and talents that you bring it also has earthly possessions that are important to you so this bag is sort of metaphorically um in, in cases all of the things that you have been given like randy said earlier everything that we had was a gift we asked our uh, Amos asked me one time, I was giving something to another person and Amos said, why are you giving that to him? And I said, because Amos, everything we have is something we can share. So I want you to imagine that everything you have is sort of encased in this bag. Um, but here's the thing. If you're focusing on what other people have in their bag, you are not going to realize what's in your bag. So like all you introverts out there, if you're 
if you're so focused on what extroverts bring to the conversation, you are, you are not going to recognize that you're a good listener. All the verbal processors out there um, need to learn. We need to learn to listen like you listen. And also, you know, like on your way home from a conversation, you may think of something and you may think, oh, I should have said that. As I'm processing through the conversation we just had, this comes to my mind and I, I should have shared that. Well, it's not too late to go home and type it up in an email or, or write it out and, and mail it. I know any of us would probably be happy to, to get some mail that wasn't a bill or email that wasn't an ad. Um, you know, like, but if you're so focused on the fact that you didn't think of it during the conversation, you won't. You won't recognize the value of it. Um, I'm trying to think of some other common personality traits, but those are the main two that, that kind of came to my mind. Um, is just recognizing what you carry. What is in your bag? Um, for us at that time, we, we didn't have any money. We had some really nice things that people had gotten us for wedding gifts. Um, and so we gave those things away. We had time um, to take care of my dad. So we had some time to give. We had some relational um, generosity to give. Um, so I just want to, yeah, just encourage us all to recognize what's in our bag. And maybe that means for you asking the Lord in your quiet time, what's in my bag? What am I carrying? Um Second thing is I want to add, I want to point to just recognizing the season that you're in. Um, this season might be, you know, you might have more time because of the pandemic um, where you were typically working out of the house and gone 50, 60 hours a week. Now you find yourself um, with being able to get all the work you used to do in 30 hours. And so you have more time on your hands. And, and how can you use that time in a generous way? For others, um, maybe you're recognizing that this, this year wasn't very difficult for you. And, um, and you see others around you who are emotionally having a difficult time. They've got kids doing home, home uh, learning. And I know Dave and Alana are both working from home. And so like, you know, maybe you notice other people around you just don't see as emotionally together as normal. And so maybe there's some emotional generosity that you can have, but just like, what is the season calling for? Um, Randy, share about uh, when we were in Thailand, when you were hanging out with Liz. Yeah, so I <clears throat> just thinking of this idea of being generous with kind of that, like those giftings that God has placed inside of you. And when I was sharing with Ryan, I thought of my friend Liz in Thailand who her and her family, their young family, um, and they had recently moved over. Um, and I was just trying to help her get acquainted with the culture. And she was just having a very um, challenging time. Um, she was experiencing a lot of random physical issues that she didn't have prior to moving. And she felt like it was demonic, but she just was this stuck in this darkness, like stuck in this pit. And I would try to talk to her and really allow her space to process and try to encourage her. But she was, I could just tell she was stuck. 
And so I felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to go over there and just worship over her. And at first I felt awkward, like, oh, what does that even look like? You know, um, but I asked her, I said, what do you, what would you think about just worshiping together? And um, let's just declare like God's goodness and his light in your home and break off some of this stuff. And so she was like, yes, absolutely, please come now. Um, so I did that a couple of times and it was the most simple thing, you know, um, but she has told me so many times since then that Randy, that meant the world to me, like you coming alongside and supporting me in that time of darkness and just feeling like my world was caving in. Um, it brought life, you know, and helps me to get back on my feet and keep moving forward. And I thought of a few other people. I was just thinking of how it's a lot of times it's difficult um, to to use it as a way to serve others as opposed to like, what can I gain from this? Um, and I was thinking of a few other people during that season of for us in Thailand, two people, um, friends of ours who were uh, dying. Um, one, one of ours, one friend of ours who was Thai and she was a very, probably my closest Thai friend, but she was an older lady, kind of like a, a mother figure and she was dying with cancer. And I felt like one time when we were supposed to, we were going to visit her that the Lord wanted me to bring my guitar and sing over her. And it was so painful. Um, it was a song that her and I used to sing together. And I just felt like, God, what is that even? It, what can that accomplish? But I knew it was him prompting me to, whether it was just to encourage her in that moment um, and give her hope. She, she still did pass away, but I knew I had to just be obedient in that moment. And, and I did it um, and just worshiped with her and over her. And we had another friend who, um, a missionary that was over there and she just instantly, uh, there was an emergency and she, we found out she had a brain tumor and it was horrible. And the Lord told me to bring my guitar to the hospital and worship over her. And it was so painful, um, but I did. And I believe that it, it instilled hope in her and that even in that moment. Um, and so there will be times when it, it feels insignificant, um, but God has given us these things in order to, to serve each other and to bless them, to bring hope, to encourage. Um, and so I think we can overemphasize, oh, it has to be this big financial gift or this expensive possession that we give away to, for it to really mean something. But oftentimes it's the little things that God is calling us to, um, to be generous in order to bless someone. So. Yeah. Um, I love that this this series is shifting for me the paradigm of what I see it means to be generous and um, and I just want to remind us all that you all have something that you carry and you know like different seasons may like things may be tight for you right now financially but that doesn't mean that you're broke in every area of your life things may be really difficult for you right now emotionally um, but that doesn't mean that you're not wealthy and in other areas. So I just want to encourage us all to just um, recognize what's in your bag. And at the same time, stop comparing it to what's in other people's bags. Um, 
Randy, uh, our the, the, our kids, Amos and Kiva, and I forgot their names for a second. Amos and Kiva and Haven and Tobe, they're watching the Jungle Book, the new the newer Jungle Book. And he spends that whole movie trying to be other animals, trying to be a wolf um, with his pack, and then trying to be like Bagheera the panther, and then trying to be like Baloo the bear. And he goes through this whole thing, and he finally realizes at the end that he is a man cub, and that because he's a man cub, he has he has these unique, um, uh, they call them tricks. They're like, None of your tricks out here in the jungle. But he's like, no, I can use my tricks to defeat this um, to defeat this tiger. And he finally embraces who he is in order to kind of fight this epic battle against Shere Khan. And so what you're carrying, specifically what you are carrying, God has given you in order to fight back um, against the darkness of this world. Um, there's that scripture that says, uh, we don't wage war like the world does, but our, our weapons are for, um, how does it go? Fighting against the gates. Uh, principalities and... Oh, that, I think I'm mixing yeah, two verses. But yeah, pulling down strongholds, <laughs> fighting against principalities, fighting against the darkness that people are feeling and experiencing. And um, the verse that I'm specifically trying to recall is the one where it says, you know, like, going against the gates of hell. Um, anyways, what you're carrying, God has given you for a reason. That's my point. And if we'll embrace who we are, what we carry, and stop focusing so hard on what other people have and what we lack, but just accept the fact that we have been given things. Like, for example, I'm often late. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't try to get better at being on time. But I can tell you the reason I'm late is because God told me one time, Ryan, you're a lingerer. I linger in a moment. I will I will give every kid and Randy a kiss before I leave. And if I feel like I forgot someone, Five I'll go times. back. You'll keep I just, back. I just linger in those moments. So it doesn't mean that I just need to say, oh, I'm just always late. Y'all just need to deal with it. No. But at the same time, like God told me one time, Ryan... Didn't I make you this way and make this a strength um, in your life? And didn't I know that that strength was going to make you weak in some other areas? Um, my point is just to recognize the strength that you have, that you've been given. And not focus so much on the weaknesses and the weak areas. Um, and just live from a place of strength. So recognizing where you are wealthy and living from a place of wealth in that area. And I do believe that that will um, bring more balance to your life. So um, what in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag is the next um, question that we need to ask the Lord for our lives. So that's all I got. You got anything mm -hmm. else? Just like one other thought I had when I was thinking about living generously and sort of the journey we've been on and there was a point in Thailand where we wanted to give up and it was just really messy and dark and hard. Um, but then we began to experience God's grace like we hadn't before and really had this like deep revelation of sonship. And I was thinking about how if you sort of carry this orphan mentality, you have such a tight grasp on everything because 
it's mine. Like I need it. I, I may not get another, you know? And when you have this, when you discover really like who you are in Christ and that we are sons and daughters and that everything that's his is ours, it brings so much freedom and rest and peace and like, oh, God, you're so good and faithful and you provide for my every need and whatever you give to me, like and just being ready to share that and to give it knowing and being confident that he'll continue, you know, to give and that everything that's his is ours. And so that's really encouraged me. But yeah. Yeah, that's good. And then lastly, I guess I'll just say this. Um, I don't feel like this is one of those times where we're preaching to a group of people who need to get this. Like, you got to get this. Um, we've seen this in this community. We've seen you all living generously in different ways. Um, we've driven your cars. We've, <laughs> we've, uh, our kids wear some of your kids' clothes. Like, I mean, this community, unlike any other community that I've been around, um, really embodies what it means to live generously. And we so appreciate that about you. And um, we love you all.